Welcome to the Markstars Podcast. Let's get started. Uh, yeah, we're talking about the black set review for Phyrexia All Will Be One, guys. Uh, Evan and I just did the pre-release last night. It was kind of fucking sick. Uh, we're not doing like everything. We're not talking about all this bullshit. We're just going to go through, kind of pick our highlights, our favorite cards, and uh, kind of like talk about what's interesting to us, you know, and then uh, we're going to get the fuck out of here. Evan, what you got, dude? <laughs> I cannot contain myself. Oh, shit. Ritter, what you got, dude? <laughs> what's up? Uh, we're doing the Phyrexia will be one black. Oh, sorry, I should and say we're we're doing every card in the set, right? Yeah, we're doing every card in the set. First of all, I did say that, and then uh, I forgot to mention that we're talking about black right now. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ears perked up a little bit after red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Red kind of sucked. You want anything cool? Uh, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so <laughs> we are talking about uh, the black cards in Phyrexia All Be One. Uh, all three of us just intro instead yeah. of actually talking about these fucking cards. All right, let's just do this. We're talking about Necrospeedo. It's uh, a card. Yeah, it's uh, actually a good card. I just played it in draft. Like, oh, it's a good card. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty sick. It's a really good. Uh, <laughs> for four CMC, it's a good card. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Let's read the card first. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three colors, one black, zero, zero, flying. Heaven, are you okay? Necrosquito enters the battlefield with two oil counters on it, gets plus one, plus one for each oil counter on it. Whenever another creature or artifact you control is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, put an oil counter on Necrosquito. Hey, that is a good card. Yeah, I think limited only, but... For sure. It's a 2-2 two -two flyer that this set is just proliferate is everywhere in the set yeah, so yeah. it's so easy to and like, also in a limited environment flyers tend to be bombs yep yeah. and especially think, in black there's and, yeah yeah things seem to die all the time too so if they're not killing this thing they're killing something else it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and all of a sudden yeah now you have just a beater in the air yeah we so. say proliferate is good proliferate's really damn good dude it's yeah. pretty good sorry my cheeks hurt so bad i am dying uh <laughs> I love this card. I actually picked it up in uh, in my pack too. Uh, at the pre-release, it was just in. Uh, it just automatically went in the deck. I read it and I was like, "Yep, this is it." Yeah, that's that good. It, it, yeah, I read it too. It was just like, "Yep." Yeah. Whenever a, another creature artifact, yeah, you put an oil counter on it. That's happening so. I honestly often. like feel with like the whole set being focused on proliferating. I feel like you'd even need that second line of text for our comments. That's actually its fourth line of text. It's last line of text, I should yeah, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge upside. Got to get a fifth line of text on there. It's an uncommon. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Go up that it's text box at uncommon. <laughs> it's four-minute uncommon, dude. It's a fucking novel. And oh it, honestly, it's a lightning rod because it's a mosquito. Oh, yeah. You see it, and everyone goes, kill it. Yeah, and I, it was true. There was no sleeping on this card. The second it came out, everybody was like, that is the thing to kill now. Yep. People yeah. know that flyers that grow are not a good thing. Yeah, it's uh, what was that one from Brothers War that was just so good? It was two and a black that whenever another creature died or something, Earthling Anointer. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, that I, was a very good yeah. card. Um, yeah, Ritter, great pick on that. Hey, thanks. Beautiful. Yeah, pick. Literally picked it at random. Top, I just had a <laughs> top tier, S tier, yeah. God tier pick. There we go. <laughs> um, all right, sweet. I'm gonna talk about mine real quick because I want to. Uh, it is a uncommon. I'm having way more fun talking about commons and uncommons than I am 
rares and metals. Yeah, I mean, the top ends in this deck are sort of dominated by the cycles and things like that. And yeah, I just don't yeah. give a fuck about that. Like, the common, uncommon, that's where I'm having some fun right now. There's a lot of open-endedness with these, with, with like the lower rarities. The rares and mythics almost see, seem too contained. They're also all pushed. Like, literally every yeah. single one is pushed, dude. There's a freaking two-mana 3-2 three, two that you can sacrifice to kill an artifact, an enchantment, or to proliferate. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it's good. It's absolutely insane. And then we're, again, not talking about that color today. Uh, it is Shouldred's Edict. This is the card I am talking about. Today. Great card. It is a great card. Uh, it's one of the black for an instant. Uncommon, I said that. Uh, choose one. Each opponent sacks a non-token creature. Each opponent sacks a creature token. Each opponent sacrifices a planeswalker. I, we love modular cards. Modular, Modality. Huge. Rather. Uh, uh, modality, not modular. Two different things. We love uh, cards with modality and it reminds me of a great black removal spell heartless act exactly like it's just one of those things that like all right there's some keywords that can be on a creature that's going to make it difficult to remove this one of these modes is going to get you there yeah you know? exactly like how many times are there, there are two planeswalkers it's very rare so you're going to get the one off the board um i will say i don't love relying on the each opponent sa- or a uh, making an opponent sack as a removal just because, you know, if they have like a 1-1 one, one out there, I mean, it, it sucks. But it does get around in certain cases. Like you This know, one does gets around better than both. Yeah. Most. Because like a lot of times, you know, they'll have one token. It's a 1-1 one, one, and their creature that you actually would like to kill. But if you're like, nope, non-token creature. Now they have to sacrifice that one. Yeah, the modality on it's sick. The fact that it hits Planeswalkers. Also want to mention the fact that it scales to Commander because it says each opponent. So now you have a two-mana instant one of these three options. Yeah. Could wipe three planeswalkers. <clears throat> Literally, yeah. yeah. So if it's we pretty damn saw good. three planeswalkers on the board in a game of what commander, a I will eat my hat. What a nightmare. <laughs> I, I will yeah. scoop. <laughs> We're going to put a little flag on the podcast here. We're going to keep that in the record books. And make <laughs> yeah. sure Ritter eats that hat. Uh, we've come a long way since Chainer's Edict. Chainer's Edict was one in a black sorcery that just made each opponent sacrifice a creature. And now right. this is one in a black instant, instant speed. Same fucking cost. Yeah, that now has a way to thread the needle to remove whatever you need to remove. Yeah. Like we talked or about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We talked about like Blue Sun's Twilight. This battles that because it says uh, each opponent sacrifices a creature token. So even if you created the copy of it, it's just like, yeah. okay. That card's less effective now. It battles it at least slightly. Yes, I mean, no, we're actually seeing a lot more token copies of things these days. Yes. Um, like, just things creating copies on the stack of permanence has become a thing now. So, yeah, this is just more and more relevant than ever. Yeah, again, this was something that was in my box for pre-release. And uh, when I played it, it was amazing. It really just... It reads is really good and yeah, limited. Yeah. No, I, I think if you're looking at this card and like evaluating it, like not just limited, but like Eternal Formats, it's definitely a second-tier black removal spell yeah. in Eternal Formats. 100%, like, yeah, which is pretty rare to break that threshold these yeah. days. Yeah, targeted, remo- targeted removal usually like takes the crown on this, but this is so flexible, has so many modes that you could, you could justifiably argue that this is worth the slot or it's at least worth the sideboard yeah i mean ritter you were just saying that like uh indestructible is not nothing like it's around there so yeah. like sacring is a great way of getting around that yeah i i you say you don't like sacrifice effects i love sacrifice effects like i mean if you're in black you're probably controlling the board through your other types of removal right and discard and things like that where there's not gonna be a lot of situations where they have the options right. like you know every time i cast soul shatter which is definitely a more powerful card it hits everything i want on the board like right. you know soul shatter is so good i 
Is it a more powerful guard? I think so. I mean, that's fair. It makes you sack the highest CMC. It yeah, just I, gives you more options. Yeah, I I mean, you know, it's hard to say what's more powerful yeah. in a vacuum. I think Soul Shatter just has more homes. It's damn good. Yeah. For sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I the flexibility on this is just next level. Yeah, definitely. If you're in Commander, you're in Modern, you're, well, probably not Modern, but you're in Pioneer, I think this is now one of those better options that you can play. I definitely see, think we see this in Standard. Mono Black is not going anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of removal... I will follow the traditional scheme of things, and I will choose a common to start off. I'm talking about Anoint with Affliction. One in a black instant, same mana value. Exile target creature if it has mana value three or less, and then it also has Corrupted on it. Exile that creature instead if it has if its controller has three or more poison counters. Hey, eliminate with upside. I mean, not exactly eliminate, but... Yeah. I- you know, it. hey, it's a pretty clean answer to things in a limited environment where people are almost definitely going to have three poison counters because there's incidental toxic on every fucking card on in the set. Everything. Yes. yes. So I think you can make an argument that this can now, you can now build constructed decks that focus on corrupted uh, with, like, just in general. From this set, I think we're going to see more poison counters be. Uh, a viable strategy just incidentally where you're going to get to corrupted and the payoff is worth it like this for me is worth it if you're playing mono black which is going to be a very popular deck in standard always is always is and uh, i think this is an option for them to like unconditionally remove a problem yeah where i'm at with it is i need to figure out if it's actually good enough like the whole having toxic creatures to get poison counters on it and then also having the payoff on other cards that say this only is good once you have three poison counters on it. I feel like there is enough incidental toxic, enough incidental proliferate, and enough corrupted just stapled onto other cards that are already playable Right. that if you can just get to three three counters on your opponent, all of a sudden you can, you can build a deck that just gets to three counters easily by turn three or whatever, and then suddenly every single card in your deck is twice as powerful. Yeah, totally. I don't disagree at all. Um, my thinking there is just you it's you have to have the payoff cards and then you have to have the toxic cards. And which means like you're never just having a corrupted card in a deck that's not a toxic deck because it'll never be good enough. I just wonder if so this isn't one of the cards that I'm selecting, but it is a card that you could play in this deck that might use this. It's Byless Skull Dweller. It's one black mana for a one-one death touch toxic one. So does that like does that create an argument to where like you play this as your one drop for the turn? Is it good enough? You know, to like if well, you're going hey, for that payoff? You play that turn two, you drop Blight Belly Rat, which is one colorless, one black, toxic one. When it dies, proliferate, and you're curving up into that strategy. And there are clean things at every slot up the curve mm-hmm. where you can build into that i'm just yes. thinking i'm saying these decks are only going to be from this set because all the cards that support the strategy are from this set well i mean going into march machines yeah maybe maybe that maybe we get yeah. oil counters are everywhere and stuff maybe hopefully we get more yeah the oil i yeah i do wonder if they'll continue with march of the machines for oil counters because they have expanded their range if you guys have seen any of the spoilers out there for like the artworks for march of the machines they're doing a lot of bouncing between planes i just wonder how deep the phyrexian icker goes so uh we'll see what r&d is like cooking up behind the scenes uh 
could you build a deck right now? I think if you're playing at the lower level of like gold, you could you could play this and, and still see success. I still think I think their cream will rise to the top for sure. Yeah, I think we're going to see some freaking bangers. Some crazy decks are going to come out of it. No, no way that's not true. Yeah, this it's is going to be so creamy and standard. <laughs> just creaming. This is definitely still a common, and it's definitely has potential in popper like i'd say it might have it might have i would love legs to see some toxic toxic popper just kind of run in the meta that'd be sick yeah yeah totally um chris you got something for me i mean yeah i guess i'm literally just going to talk about the card that is in front of my face right now incidentally i want to hear what which it is. is uh Carumonix the rat king oh One yeah colorless two black legendary creature phyrexian rat it you know a uh, decent rat lord for more casual commander things, but I think it has a home and standard. Just just looking at it, toxic one, other rats you control have toxic one. There are some okay playable rats in standard right now. And when it enters the battlefield, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal any number of rat cards from among them and put the real cards into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in random order. Uh, so you know for sure commander applications there. I don't think. It pushes anything into, you know, a higher power level in Commander. But I think the draw here is the incidental draw in Standard because they have printed some Phyrexian rats and rats in general in Standard that you can play. Just, yeah, in there, we're still looking at, is yeah, Kaldheim is still viable. So there's plenty of Changelings out there that could make this deck. Oh, Changelings as well. Yep. But I mean, you know, I just talked about Blightbelly Rat possibly being played playable i think rats come up enough in most yeah. sets the you can build a strategy out of it historically rats are not a very strong maybe i'm going to pull some heat for that very strong strategy but this guy seems very interesting yeah i mean like in kind standard of if you're playing this as a four of and you're pretty much guaranteed drop it turn three every time now you've got card advantage you have created a viable uh end game strategy by giving all of your rats toxic one it itself as toxic one mm-hmm. i think you know, that's pretty sick. It's not going to be tier one. It might be tier two, two point five. But Nashi's I think there's a, a way to get here. Yeah, I think we've just seen too many rat colony and uh, like relentless rat decks to to really think that rats can do anything else. Like, yeah, rats. Can. Rat gets big. Like multiple, many rats means big rats. Mm-hmm. So, and this also it just it feels right too. The flavor of it, like, hey, a whole bunch of rats with toxic. Yeah, that yeah. just feels right. It feels right to me. Plus, and like, especially we're going wide and stuff, and yep. all of a sudden, yeah, like card advantage right on there. Three huge. CMC, crucial I, to make this even viable. Yeah. Yep, so, yeah, you, I think that's very possible. Yeah. Nashi, Nashi came out in Kamigawa and is a sick ass rat. Hey, hey. That's a rat. Uh, yeah, it's funny enough. You lead perfectly. Thank you so much for gotcha. rolling out the red carpet on my next card, which is an uncommon. It is chittering, <laughs> chittering skitterling. It is two and a black, a Phyrexian rat. Hey, for one, it's a one four. That has just corrupted. It actually does not have toxic, but it exactly has, my point that I was bringing up earlier. What? Not, not enough stuff has inherently has toxic, or that corrupted is just useless without toxic. Yeah. Well, well yeah, because you got to build a deck and have parts that work together. I, yeah, but if one part only works with one other part and no other parts, I just I'm, I'm questioning. Well, it can't do everything. It can't have eight lines of text. But well, this one has really at what good rarity? Text. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair yeah. enough. I'll let you read the card. Okay. So. Uh, it has corrupted, and it says sacrifice an artifact or creature. Draw a card. Activate only if an opponent has three or more poison counters, and only once each turn. And Ugh. 
Doesn't that sound really good? No, it sounds awful. That sounds really good. To me, it's like if I'm already meeting the condition of them having three poison counters, then why is it once each turn? I think it's like we're talking about uh, this corrupted mechanic being a build around. And the, I think that is just something that um, you got to give it a little leeway because it does. it's going to take time for it to like really settle in. And this isn't a card that I'm saying is like you know, warping anything. But I do think we looked at um, Morbid Opportunist and loved it because it is incidental. Like it is just things that are already happening that I'm going to cash in on. You know, it's once per turn that it happens. And this is one where I see that it can scale up to Commander. Like this isn't one that I see. You know, we talked about uh, Carmonix. Is that his name? Carmonix? Yeah, Carumonix. And... uh, like as a standard deck, I don't know if this is a standard standard card. Like if this really makes because it's at the same mana value, so you have to choose one or the other. Your three slot gets clogged up pretty quick there. But in commander, I feel like if you can somehow make infect, uh, you know, toxic your thing, this card four cards in a single go around the table with you know payoff, you know, death triggers or whatever. I think is viable. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. Psycho creature draw card does read really good, but like, even a two- creature or artifact or artifact. Okay, yeah. I mean, even a two mana, I still think this is like not broken. Yeah, you could, because uh, there's so many of those skeletons that are like just like comes to the battlefield, you know, or like reassembling skeleton could be a good like uh, card draw. Yeah, there's one of those with corrupted in this set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. So I. I don't see this breaking games, but I do think it is a worthy rat in rat decks mm-hmm. uh, in Commander. Yeah, I think people are just I, people are just going to get corrupted. It's it's just going to happen, and you're going to get that value for sure. It's yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll see how the next few months look like. See what standard looks like. I I would target this in limited. Like if I'm drafting, I think I would target this because oh, yeah. After I pre- played the pre-release, I realized how quickly do people co- become corrupted. It's like turn three. Yeah, mostly my gripe for this is outside of the limited environment. Yeah, if you're drafting okay. inside of it, then obviously, yeah, go go fucking full hog on corrupted, toxic everything. Yeah, and two extra cards on every like essentially every turn cycle. Oh yeah, not in limited. Bad. This card is great. Yeah, Skrelv's Hive plus this. Disgusting. Uh, GG's. Yeah, there's mites everywhere in this de- in this yes. set. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent sacrificing is a very viable strategy. Uh, all right, I'm gonna talk about my little uh, uncommon here. I think this guy is great. It is Scheming Aspirant. Uh, one in a black for a Phyrexian Advisor for a 1-3. It has, whenever you proliferate, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. This is pretty dang cool because it is a blood artist effect in that it drains and you gain, drains and gains, uh, but it doesn't require a creature to die, right? I think that's actually a good thing because one, we have a plenty of blood artist effects. But those effects require you, again, to have bodies committed to the battlefield. You have to have a system that does this. This lets you do that exact same effect with no board state other than this creature because there are instants and sorceries and tons of ways to proliferate. You can proliferate on Karn's Bastion. So this is... Yeah, and it doesn't doesn't say once per turn. And it doesn't say once per turn. It does tons of damage, huge life swings, and unlike Corrupted, where it is its singular payoff, you can set up any other counter-based strategy to pay off, and this is an additional benefit. But I think that goes... I mean, 
at the same time, though, this has lots of homes, but it definitely has a home oh, in that corrupted deck. 100%. Yeah, it, it fits right in the curve, too, at the two slot. 100%. Right. And yeah, the fact that this is a two and not three is actually insane to me. Like, yeah, a four-point swing per proliferation is actually crazy in 1v1. I knew, right? I knew you were going to pick this card. So when you had already texted what cards you'd selected to the group, I was like, he wanted to get that selection in early. Like he wanted to make sure that oh, yeah. I was locked in because right. I knew you had a lot of words for this. We've spent so much time talking about proliferation, how good it is, how underutilized it is, and that we just need to see some more payoffs to really kind of drive it into like current meta standards. And I think this is the card. Yeah, contagion engine, like really great with this. I know it's like a six drop, uh, you know, artifact, but the fact is, it proliferates twice, which is a four. Like what is it? Four life on their end, four gain for you. So at least an eight point life life point swing. Proliferate now exists on the Vraska, so zero, you know, zero proliferate. It's like this just sits on the battlefield, and the proliferating mechanic extends far beyond this set. And there are a lot of different so many applications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Contagion Clasp also proliferates. Like um, you can just have a proliferate deck that doesn't even care about this card, like a plus one plus one counter deck or whatever, an ominous seize deck where you're just trying to get to eight and make a kraken, and you're just Splashing black, draining. Yeah, Atraxa Praetor's Voice is like the easy selection for this. I think this is an auto auto include for Atraxa now. Like it's oh, very sure. yeah. rare. It's very rare because Atraxa is such a uh, wide like it encompasses a lot, right? And so there's a like a dense card pool, a dense selection. People have known what it is. It's either Planeswalkers or it's plus one plus one counters and egg one counters, whatever you want to do. This is now so generically good in that strategy it just goes in the deck because what i see with that deck is sometimes you're assembling most of the value engine and you don't have all the pieces to actually win with but what you are doing every turn is proliferating not necessarily with a goal so here's a here's a way that you can now get value out of the thing you're always doing Mm -hmm. it is suspicious honestly i'm looking at it and uh, the creature types, honestly, it, like we say how important it is over and over again. In the artwork, we're clearly looking at a human, but they notably resisted <laughs> the urge to put Phyrexian Human Advisor on it. So, I mean, also probably a cleric <laughs> looking <laughs> at the art if we're going based on the vibes. Yeah, yeah that's so, a human cleric. Yeah, my party deck wants that for sure. Yeah. It does make me sort of question why they didn't want to like put a uh, human on this, but. Um, I think that's how powerful it is. They had to put a cap on it somehow, somewhere. I think they're starting to be aware of, hopefully, of like typing and how a critical mass will offset power imbalances, if that makes sense. Like right. humans just getting better about humans. Uh, yeah, no, I think this card is sick as hell, and I kind of want to find whatever deck churns this out in like a standard, maybe a... Uh, Historic environment, mm. maybe a black blue planeswalker build where you're just proliferating and controlling, and this just happens to drain and ooh, okay, extra you know, loyalty. Counters. I think I have a home for it in, in standard. Yeah, yeah, it's that toxic corrupted deck that I've been talking about. <laughs> Whoa, and you know it's gonna top out that curve in that deck. Probably, well, it's probably gonna be Vraska. You're probably gonna have two of mm-hmm. yeah. of the Vraska, but in the four slot, ravenous necrotitian, necrotitan. Which is oh, two colorless, yeah. two black. It's an uncommon uh, Phyrexian horror, and it has corrupted. When Ravenous ne- Necrotitan enters the battlefield, sack a creature unless an opponent 
has three or more poison counters. This card is actually crazy, and I did it's, play this last night. So here's the thing. Here's why I think this is going to be in a mono black deck in standard. It's going to be in that four slot because it's a 6-6 six, six for four with a downside. The downside is easily negated because you have Incidental Toxic, Incidental Corrupted, and it just reads like Desecration Demon. The thing, yeah, the thing is, like, yeah, even yeah. if you don't have the threshold, it's actually still a good card. Yeah. Like, sack a creature for a four mana 6-6 six, six is yeah. insane. That, that you know, your 1-1 one, one that you drop turn one, you know, that isn't putting in work anymore, sack it, and now you got a 6-6. Six, 6-6. Six. Six, six. Right. And, you know, a lot of the removal in this set um, is you know, kind of damage based or sacrifice based. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit evasive. It doesn't have evasive keywords on it, but it's going to be hard to take it out. Um, in a limited environment. Yeah. In a limited environment, it's going to trade really well. Uh, but in standard too, like even in standard, of course it dies to removal, everything dies to removal, but it's a good body on curve. And I think Uh in that four, in that four slot, I mean, there's Shulrid, um, you know, the decks that want to build into Shulred and top out there are going to be different decks than this one. Um, yeah, but I think it, I think it has a home in in a, you know, tier two or three standard deck. I think in a higher like uh, gameplay sense, we've seen time and time again that there are giant beasties with low cost, but a mega downside. Actually, very frequently in black. Like I'm thinking of like Rotting Regisaur. Mm-hmm. But if you can find a way... They to- invented the game with Jazam Dijin. <laughs> Fair enough. Kind of, you know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, for that for you to be able to find a way around it and take advantage of just having a big old beefy boy and then even go past that and say benefit off of having a sacrifice strategy. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. In black, like, yeah, you got some aristocrat things that are always gonna happen. Like now all of a sudden it's a free sack outlet plus a four mana six six seems pretty devastatingly good. Mm-hmm. I agree. I love it. It's a great card. We're all in agreement. We all agree on this. You know what would be really great in the four slot? At Mythic Rarity. Mm. We have a Phyrexian Obliterator. That's a pretty good forge. I mean, that is a reprint, and it has always been good, and it's going to stay good, and it's not going to really drop in value on this reprint. Yeah, Damn. not at yeah. all. Uh, it's uh, I pulled this out of my box last night. My pre-release box was cracked. It was unreal how good it was, because it was Obliterator, Vraska, and a bunch of other really good stuff like Skrull's Hive. Hey, you know what's a, another reprint in this set, also with Phyrexian in the name, that just sucks ass still? <laughs> uh, Phyrexian Arena. Yeah. Just re- yes, like it dude, should it's be good. a terrible it, fucking It's card. not good. It's not good, even reprinted in standard. Hasting it. No reason to play commander. it. Yeah. Let's talk about Phyrexian Obliterator. I just wanted to get that dig in and just. Oh, that's that. a yeah, terrible oh, card. Yeah, it's awful. No qualms. Uh, the Obliterator, on the other hand, still a great card, and I had never played it. Like, I've never played this card before until last night, and I realized holy shit. Feels good to have it on your board, right? Holy like I just cannot believe this is the world's greatest blocker. Like oh yeah, it's like swing at me, idiot. Like I'm gonna yeah, I will block you, and I'm like if you do not swing at me, I'm gonna swing at you. Yeah, it is like uh, it it's unblockable if you want it to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. In the same deck, I had Phyrexian Obliterator, and then I also had. Uh, where is it at in here? Necrogen Communion, a one in a black enchantment aura. Enchanted creature you control has toxic two, and then when it dies, return it to the battlefield under your control. So gross. So it was one setup where I literally just had this on there, and he blocked it with a six seven, sacked six permanents, and then I just brought it back and punched him in the face. 
Like, again, it just, it's so good. The Obliterator, I just, I don't know how they printed this card and just at one point, way back when, and said, this is okay. But I do see now because it dies to removal. Like, there are just so many good options for, like, low-costed removal. Um, Like, this dies to a fatal push. Uh, Like, a fetch land and then a fatal push this is gone this is off the battlefield so i i I see that there's a lot of like unconditional removal that just like takes care of this but in the instance that they don't have it this card wins the game yeah i mean anything dies to removal if they have it yep but uh assuming they don't have it or that you've you're playing this you know later in the game turn four later and you've drawn out all their removal already on the threats earlier in the curve it is a beast yeah when this was first spoiled for the set i did not know how to feel about it because we just saw shieldred get printed and this just looked like it just bolstered that deck like that mono black deck that we're already seeing in historic which is like making waves and we already see it in pioneer i wondered where this would like fit in and i I, I'm just not sure. If Time yeah, I, I mean, yeah. that's what constrains Mono Black. It's, it gets so chunky at 3 CMC, 4 CMC, 5 CMC that you have a great option, but you have too many options in, in all those right. slots. So it's like, I mean... Especially above 3, like 4. Yeah, exactly. It's a 4 slot right now. With Shouldered, it's just hard to compete with Shouldered. Like, I don't even think this is going to compete not. It's not as good as Shouldered. Like, like it's yeah. an amazing card, but I don't think it's as good as Shouldered. It's funny how, yes, this is like, a five five with trample and when it does get through you you just when it swings at you you just take the damage but shieldred is a four point life swing just draw. off of drawing cards yeah I, I mean it's it's a financial reason would be the reason to play it Fair. where you want to pay a hundred dollars on a play set of this versus yeah. paying you know four hundred dollars on a play set of shieldred <sighs> yeah yeah dude that's that is the current market that's the atmosphere we're in and uh unfortunately this is a tier two like tier two card right now amazing card that's a tier two card yes. in any deck where it has a home right yeah like the thing with shoulder is the casting cost like two and a black two black black versus black 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 like two and a black me or two black black rather means you can still have this in a three color deck pretty comfortably yeah like you can play esper control you can play grixis bullshit and really take advantage of this as your top end and you don't need to be confined to that mono black yeah, and that was I honestly had no trouble last night trying to like play this. I had rocks I had fixing and I'm just playing two colors, so that's what made me comfortable enough to play it. But yeah, again, I I love it. I think it's crazy powerful, but in the larger vision of the game, this just doesn't have the same oomph that yeah. it used to. I'm excited to see what happens with like some formats with the release of this set. And it'll take a few weeks, months to permeate and kind of pick up the vibe but we'll start seeing how much is replacing stuff that's already out there how much is supporting it how big is toxic where does phyrexian obliterator fit in uh there's a lot of question marks right now but uh i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing i think it's kind of interesting totally um i am going to talk about my mythic for mono black it's the only one i care to talk about right now it's Drivnod carnage dominus three black black for a legendary phyrexian horror He's an 8-3. What a random assortment of numbers. It's just like, we need to cycle, <laughs> pick some bullshit. Why are they legendary? I don't know. I got to names, but whatever. Uh, if a creature dying causes a triggered ability of an permanent control to trigger, it happens at another time. So it's essentially a Tesa Karlov. Tesa? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tesa Karlov, yep. Yeah, so it's a Tesa. 
Um, you can give it indestructible. You can do the really cool thing that they keep doing where you can give it indestructible based off of some thing. Uh, and it's not hard to do at all, which is like yeah, very fair notable. Enough. This one's this super yeah. chill. This Four is, life yeah. exile, three creature cards. Yeah, like exactly. the green one makes you sack two creatures, but yeah, just exiling three cards from your graveyard for life it's so fucking yeah stitcher supplier could potentially do this and just yep. literally yeah. yeah so uh i think it's pretty decent i only bring it up it's not very interesting like i said in the last set, uh the red set review. it's generically good the doubling is just to me just lazy and boring mechanically speaking that i don't really get too hot and bothered about it but we were also talking about card density and like having a critical mass of uh an effect to make strategy viable and i think combining this having another one because there's only been one so far, is going to help the decks that really want it. And I think there we'll see some more strategies kind of built around it. Yeah, out of all of these Dominus that are out there, there's only two that I see could actually be commanders. And it's this one and probably the white one. And Mondrock. Yeah, the, the reason for it is just because there are so many death triggers in black. And also, it's notable that it has eight. It's an 8-3. Right. So it's giving it, it yeah, giving it indestructible and giving it some sort of unblockable nature through some means. It's a good creature. Just yeah, just means that you're like each opponent is potentially on that three punch time clock. I mean, even like take that text away in limited and it's just the indestructible five mana eight three. That reads pretty good in limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta block it. But it reads generically good, I think is, yes. is the you know what constrains it. Yeah. I also disagree though. I think the red one would be a really fun commander. You think so? Because yeah, doubling non non creature. Oh yeah, damage. having that in the command zone for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty hot. Um what else you guys got? That was my last guy. Uh we mentioned Veraska. Incidentally, we mentioned you know what? I saw some interesting combos with Archfiend of the Dross. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. What's sure. that? Uh it's another four mana six six. Uh flying enters the battlefield with four oil counters on it at the beginning of your upkeep. Remove an oil counter. Then if it has no oil counters on it, you lose the game. Uh, whenever a creature and opponent controls dies, its controller loops, loses two life. Uh, there's lots of things, especially in black, where you can just remove all the counters from something. Uh, say, for example, Heartless Act that we already mentioned, right. uh, Vampire Hexmage. And so the trick here is somehow gifting this little asshole to your opponent. <laughs> I love that. Taking all the counters off and making them lose the game. Notably yep. on the set, Glissa Sunslayer, when she deals combat damage, you remove three counters from target. Hey, there you go. Yep. So lots of ways to do that, remove the counters and make someone, hopefully not you, lose the game. Uh, that that could have some fun commander applications. It's a little too uh, wonky, I think, to be a clean solution. For sure. I do love those wonky decks that give players things and try to win the game that way. All right. Last one, and I swear it's the last one, but it might open up a little bit of room for conversation because it this card is Black Sun's Twilight. It is X and a black. Instant speed, and this is the uh, important part. Up to one target creature gets neg X, neg X until end of turn. Uh, if X is five or more, return a creature card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Don't think it does enough. I like that it's instant speed. I hate that, uh, you know, it, the the rate is not good on this. Like, to kill a creature at instant speed and, like, oh, my God, you're probably going to, let's say you cast this for six, right? X equals five. You're paying six mana. 
you're giving a creature minus five, minus five at a much worse rate than dismember. And then you're returning a creature card with mana value X or less. So it's a more limited reanimate spell that doesn't hit all the big juicy targets in your graveyard. I think it just does a bunch of things and does them not well. I really am only interested in this. Um, and I just want to, for the X is five. Like, if X is five or more, we haven't had many instant speed reanimation spells. Okay, I mean, yeah, because you have, uh, you know, you have Necromancy, you have Reanimate, yeah. um, and, that, and that's sort of where it tops out. But for... Six mana. Yeah, for six mana, I mean, I, I think there are... I, you, I mean, Grim Return is at three mana, and even though that's situational, I'd rather play that. I think when you're talking about paying six mana for this effect there are so many other things i'd rather play the situational ones or play the sorcery speed ones or something like that instead for me is that's such a big turn off for me it's exactly what we're just talking about where for some reason on the top end big boy spells they keep adding cards that make it worse the further you get down so yes it's instant speed removal yes it's instant speed reanimation but it enters tapped like you don't even yeah. get to combat yep. trick your way out of this. <clears throat> Kill a creature, reanimate, block, right? Like you don't even get that dream scenario, which at seven mana, I think you deserve that dream scenario. Exactly, right? Like, like you what are you be tra- able to reanimate the Phyrexian Obliterator and then block and then ruin their day? What scenario right. are you imagining where this is like just too busted, where it needs that drawback? Tap it. You know? For exactly. what? It's like yeah. it has a tap ability, you still can't fucking use it. So the only thing you could use it for theoretically at instant speed is blocking. Well, you can't even use it. Yeah, you can't even if, use it. If you took that away. I'm oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. like, it, it just was such a needless nerf on it for because a card that's already, I agree, overcosted. It doesn't gain haste, so there's no tap abilities you can take advantage yeah. of or anything. Yeah. Now, a bit of custom magic. I want to throw this to the table now that we've read four of the five Twilights uh, on the show. What would you guys think? If these cards had the claws that the march of whatever swirling miss, you know, burgeoning life, where you could exile a card of the same color to increase the X by two, let's push say. them all into fringe playability at that point. It's only fringe. Yeah. You think it's only fringe? Yeah. I, th- I think yeah. it breaks these in half. Uh, you think it breaks them? Hundred percent. I don't think it breaks them at all. But I don't. I don't even know. Hundred percent. Like, it breaks it. So I let's. Uh, I don't know. What are you holding in? Let's let's take this one because. Let's review the Red Sun's Twilight, right? Destroy up to X target artifacts. And let's say it just said you could exile a red card from your hand to increase X by two, right? And if X is five or more, you're trading how many cards in your hand to get to X is five? Yeah, I I still think that makes them not good enough. I Yeah, it seems pretty crazy, okay, right? I'm going to yeah. play mono blue and then I'm going to pitch three cards and I'm going to steal your five mana creature and then copy it. For like okay, I think minutes. that's the strongest okay. one. That's the strongest. that one was already good. Yeah, that was already good. So no, I, yeah. I agree. It's, I don't think it breaks all. Of it's it. only a hat on a hat. I don't think it makes push them into <laughs> yeah, playability. The, like you said, the more you read these cards, the the, yeah. the worse they get. That's like, actually a very good point. Like assessing it, if this cost way less mana, would you be happy with it? If the answer's <laughs> still no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, if it cost resources from your hand is it better does it get better and the only one that i see gets better is blue sun's twilight because you have access to i don't know you're playing off your back foot so you have access to card draw like crazy you know you're always gonna have cards in hand uh, but i mean the drawback is that it's a sorcery like blue sun's twilight's a sorcery right. and black sun's twilight the reason that it just does not for me 
even get over the hump if you added that text is because it says it enters the battlefield tapped. It is like it just kills it. You should be able to two yeah. for, you should be able to two for one your opponent at six mana. I, yeah. th- I think that is yep. a fair ask. And losing cards from your hand. Like if you were to like oh, yeah, exile should. from your hand, right? Like even without that though, you should be able to to do that. Totally. You should be able to kill two creatures, get one creature is fine with me. Yep, you're right. It's garbage card. It's garbage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hot trash. Yeah, I mean, Chris, you're right. You went into it saying like you weren't super hyped about this set, and like I ended up finding looking at this and doing the set review that the commons and uncommons are the most interesting thing here for me. Everything above it is just kind of like Whatever. Everything was hype, 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 hype. And the more the cards like were revealed, the more I was interested in the set. And I was never truly interested in what they could do beyond that. You know, we go to a hype restaurant and like, yeah, it's not like the first bite where you're like, oh, everybody lied to me. It's like, you got to like take a few bites and then the lock, the luster starts falling off and you get the second course and you're like, this is not as good as people were saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, though. We still have two more episodes on our uh, set review here. We're going to do white, and then we're going to bundle multicolor and artifacts into one to cap it all off. And uh, we'll close with a few notes beyond that. But um, we look forward to getting back to our regularly scheduled uh, episode structure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us on YouTube, most pl- uh, podcasting platforms. Uh, like, subscribe, hit the bell, and uh, stay tuned for more Mock Stars podcast because we're a bunch of G's. That was the Mock Stars podcast. Thanks for fucking listening. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.